0: Hello and welcome everyone. Just doing a quick stream today. We're not it's not even going to be um Dragon Quest. It's not even going to be a game. We're just doing a quick recording and the recording is Loco's Game of the Year 2022. Um, so on challenge.com c h a l l o n g e.com Slash Loka underscore G O T Y Game of the Year underscore two zero two two like like the year with numerals. Um. You will be able to you'll be able to see the results of this. I made a challenge bracket, and then I'm I'm going to start filling in the bracket with winners right now. And you can hear me talk about um the bracket winners. I guess this is going to be on YouTube if you want to look at the. Exciting me filling in the bracket, and I intend to also put it out on the podcast feed as a as a podcast episode. If you want to excitedly listen to me filling out the bracket, um, we um, do we do we want to mute? Let's see. Uh, YouTube copy right free music. Royalty-free music, no copyright music. Let's see. Let's put on a little tiny music. This is, that's too much. Playlists. Here we go. Um, All of these are like, okay, this is 1,000. All tracks royalty-free. Dance and electronic music playlist, 1,100 entries. Yeah. Okay, so it's we're just gonna have a little tiny bit of music this is from the royalty free music hyphen no copyright music channel which has 174k subscribers i want to give them due credit um i don't i don't know how this music was arrived at but i'm trusting them that it is in fact royalty free music the fact they say no copyright music but that's definitely a lie that's not how copyright works um unless unless it's in the public domain but they're yeah they don't they don't say anything like, i don't see the words public domain anywhere background audio library for youtube videos with non-copyrighted music without limits for creators filmmakers and montage editors we collect and publish copyright for music which you can be using our music library consists of a non-copyright music from a difference from a different sources. See now I trust them less because their grammar is not the best, which makes me think that maybe maybe they're trying to mislead us. Anyway, we've got some. Oh, you know what? I feel like I feel like I want to just just give me. Okay, we're gonna try and keep it as quiet as we can. Okay. Uh, yeah, with three minutes and ten seconds of faffing about, let's go to the polls. Okay, so this is round one, which only has four contestants. Round two is where most of the contestants had. There were 34 entries, I believe. Um, yeah. Yeah, there was 34. So I wrote down and i may have missed some but i wrote down all the games that i played in 2022 um for basically any amount of time uh and i eventually oh gosh is i don't know if mother three is on this but it's kind of like my brother is playing mother three so like i don't know anyway so um Let's see. Battletech versus Yakuza 0. Battletech is basically a conversion of the board game, uh, the Battletech the board game, with the mechs shooting lasers and missiles at each other on a hex grid and walking around and and punching and there's heat meters and stuff. All that stuff. If you've ever played the board game or maybe just seen the board game happening at a a board game shop or something, Battletech the video game is a... Incredibly faithful recreation of that with a story campaign uh, sort of hooked on to it. Hey. Oh yeah, just bring him in. There's a there's a minor food delivery happening during this episode, friends. Um, but it's a it's a low professionalism episode, so we're not gonna worry about it. Um, yeah, Battletech is a faith it's a very good game. Here's the problem. Um Early game, the campaign missions are heckin' hard. They are so hard to do. The, the way that you're supposed to be able to get through the early campaign missions is, like, do the first two or maybe three campaign missions, which kind of unlocks enough to let you go around to a few different star systems and, like, pick up different missions and stuff. And then you just have to grind missions a lot until your mech pilots are very skilled and until the occasional um, heavy mech has been purchasable in the shop or something so that you have some incredibly powerful mechs. And then you can proceed with the campaign. Um, But there's there's a big hump that I personally didn't quite get through. I got to a campaign... Like, I did several campaign missions that were easy. I got to a campaign mission that was just too hard. Um... And, uh, I will, I will give it this. They did, uh, Dragoon affect me with Battletech. I played Battletech until four in the morning one time. Um, because I just, I just wanted to do one more, one more little thing every time. And then it was four in the morning. But then I got up the next day and I said, gosh, I'm going to, I'm going to keep, doing these dumb grindy early missions and there's no way to like switch to an easy mode for like one mission or whatever. This kind of sucks. So eventually I like I got up after that 4 a.m. binge and I said I'm done with this. Um it's competitor um is Yakuza 0. Now, I've had several people suggest Yakuza 0 to me, and here's the unfortunate truth. I loved the story park cutscenes. I really did. They were cool, the lines were well delivered, the timing, the directing. I would watch a movie by the people that make the Yakuza series. But when I went to, to like actually do the game, it was a beat-em-up that I didn't really like. And then there was, like, a rhythm game, and I'm, like, really bad at that. And it was just, like, a bunch of game mechanic things. Like, I wasn't interested in the mechanics at all. I didn't want to play the game. I only want to watch the movie version of it. So, uh... So the winner is Battletech. And, I mean, you can, you can hear how much I loved Battletech versus how much I sort of... Like, I, I, I believe. Yeah. Okay. It, um, sorry, there's a, when you go to record a winner, um, you can pick a winner, and then you can also enter in scores, but I left both scores a zero, and then it's like, are you sure? Because both scores were zero, and I'm like, we don't have points in this game. When I had to, when I had to, like, they, they asked, like, what game are you playing with this tournament? I put in axe throwing as, like, a joke, but I guess it actually has, I guess some parts of these brackets change depending on what the game you select is. So maybe I shouldn't have picked axe throwing, but whatever. Next, we have Chrono Cross versus Pokemon Soul Silver with randomization applied. Um. Now I don't remember playing Pokemon. I remember playing Silver randomized. I don't remember playing Pokemon Soul Silver randomized, which is not to say that I didn't do it, because my episodic memory is kind of spotty sometimes. But I don't remember playing Soul Silver randomized. So the point is, any any Johto randomized gonna be great. Pokemon, I I love I love a Pokemon Johto. Um, it's great everything uh, everything about it i i really love gen 1 and i was so charmed by gen 2 gen 3 is where i sort of started to be not as enchanted by pokémon i liked 4 didn't like 5 like 6 maybe i only like the even gens maybe it's the star trek rule that's what's in my brain i don't know um chronocross a few people really love ChronoCross. And a few people might be upset for what I'm about to say. But I don't think... I don't think ChronoCross is that good. Um... The problem with ChronoCross is that... I played, um... I played ChronoCross with Cordless Ryan, and I did the controls, and then she got the... the walkthrough. Because after, like, the first dungeon, We just constantly needed to walk through to know what we were supposed to be doing, where we were supposed to be going, and, um... Like, we had the cheats on to, like, auto-speed through fights and stuff, and it still took forever. It just... It wasn't a good experience. I didn't really... That Chrono Trigger Sense... That you're like on a great adventure didn't hit me in Chrono Cross. Um And maybe we played how how long did we play? On am open to Steam. Hold on, i open to Steam. Ryan, how much did we play? You're not you're not on the not on the recording, but uh, Ryan, tell me how much we played. Ten point eight hours, alright? Any JRPG is gonna be slower to open up. I accept this. This, I am a JRPG player. I understand that the first hour of a JRPG is not the same as the first hour of a 3D platformer. You know? These genres have different paces. But 10.8 hours, and I still didn't really care about what we were doing and didn't really get like, why and I I didn't, like, I wasn't excited to be doing the activities enough to like... Like, in Chrono Trigger, you don't immediately know what you're doing, but most of the stuff is so cool that you can... At least, I personally, just went along with it. It's like, what the heck? You're, you're running away from like nagas and like the queen's been kidnapped how is this related to but the the front of the game has a thing in the ice with with cutting up a lizard man or what like on the cover on the on the cartridge it shows it shows a lizard man being cut up and i'm how is and then there's a pendulum how are all these things related it's cool it's it's a little bit mysterious but each individual thing like saving a queen so that you can save the princess that's neat you're not you're not just saving a princess you're saving the great grandmother of the princess so that you can save the princess that that is genius all right Chrono Cross never hit me with genius um so what I'm saying is that Pokémon Soul Silver is the winner. Yep. I'm very sure. Okay. Um now here we are. So we've started round 2. It looks like there are 17 matches. Maybe Oh, oh, no. This is match 17. Okay. So match 1 and match 2 we did, and then we're going to we're going to do match 3, which isn't at the top of the column, but Um, that's fine. Uh, so, Metal Gear Solid 5 versus Tales of Berseria. Um, I played, um... I played some amount of... I played 11.2 hours of Tales of Berseria. And the whole time, it was kind of... Not great. It was kind of okay, but not great. Um, but, like... Christina V the the voice actor of the main girl in Tales of Berseria I'm a fan of Christina V and I wasn't an, I'm enough a fan of Christina V to play through 10 hours of the game but eventually it just felt like stuff wasn't really happening that fast and I I wanted a little bit of a faster paced game because I was playing this as, a, as, a, as Patreon episodes. I want, I want a faster-paced game so that there is a good game for listeners. Um, and that's why I went with Metal Gear Solid 5, which is great. Um, technically, Kiefer Sutherland is in it. Um, doesn't have that many lines. Mostly, you listen to a bunch of side characters. And you don't listen to um, a nearly naked sniper woman, because... Hideo Kojima, come on. Come on, man. Um. Except. Except maybe towards the end. Um. But yeah, Metal Gear Solid V. Good pacing most of the time. It's mission based. Some of the missions are kind of bland. Most of the missions are genuinely good. I'm not good enough at the game to complete the later missions where it's like extreme mode and stuff. I, I I can't do that. But most of the missions are pretty cool, so we're gonna give this to Metal Gear Solid 5 over a JRPG that I dnf Um. Next up is Dark Souls versus Tokyo Xanadu EX+. Plus. I think Tokyo Denity X Plus is another game that I DNF'd. Um, Okay. Okay, I'm remembering this. There's like a spirit world um, and the... hmm, Yeah, there's like a spirit world that you can access via phone or... You're going inside the network or something? I don't know. So there's a, there's a real world, and then there's a monster world. And occasionally monsters can come from the monster world into the real world, and then you got to chase them back into the monster world. It's one of those sorts of things. And I, I did. Um, I, I have it installed right now. Um, I have it. I can't tell you how many hours I played in it because um, I played it through... Uh, I got it through GOG for like four bucks or something. Like right now, it's eighty percent off, and it's eleven ninety nine on Steam. Um, let's see what the GOG price. I, I guess it's probably the same on GOG. Yeah, I must have gotten it for like ten bucks. Um, and you know, you're a high school boy and there's mysterious magic stuff going on and there's like a girl who's always grumpy and like you don't know anything and you're like well then tell me what's going on and she's like i can't tell civilians and you're like but i've got the magic fighty stuff just like you and she's like you should get out while you're still alive um so basically like think of like persona 5 royal but like 20% is cool. Um, Dark Souls. We all know Dark Souls. It's the game that is about having the darkest soul. And you have the darkest soul by going into a poison swamp and then meeting a weird guy there. And the weird guy goes, <laughs> <laughs> Um. I'm not a fan of Dark Souls. Um, I got through Dark Souls enough up to the Silver Knight Archers in Anor Londo. And Dark Souls players know exactly what I'm talking about. And, uh, that's where I got sick of the game and stopped playing. So, we're going to give this one to Tokyo Xanadu. Because it's true that I didn't complete Tokyo Xanadu. But I feel like I could play the whole thing if I hadn't been trying to play it as a, um as a podcast show because like it's it's completable whereas Dark Souls is no um next up we have Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen which is like you know watch watch me offend everyone folks it's like you know discount Skyrim um up against Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition Now, of the Xenoblade Chronicles series, a lot of people like one the most. They think that it's great. I think that it's kind of your girlfriend gets thrown in the fridge and then you go on a revenge quest type thing for most of the game. And, like, I'm sure not really a fan of that as the basis for a story. That said, mechanics-wise, I did enjoy the gameplay mechanics-wise. Um, mostly. And it's a Xenoblade Chronicles game. Like, even if it's the worst Xenoblade Chronicles, it's still a pretty awesome game. And I didn't play the the Wii version, but the Switch version, the definitive edition, absolute, absolute winner. Xenoblade Chronicles definitive edition beats discount Skyrim. Dark Arisen. Um, next up we have Final Fantasy VII Remake. We all know about that. The biggest biggest game of the year. Super, um, whatever. Oh, not the year. It's like two years old now. Because it's. I got the PC version. Um, up against Aegis Defenders. Aegis Defenders is a cool co-op platformer. It's like a tower defense platformer combination game. I strongly encourage people, if you've got a Switch and, you know, spending... 10 or 20 bucks or whatever is like not a big deal to you if that's your situation then i'd get ages defenders however i will caution my brother and i have played ages defenders before and it is a decently hard game like we play on co-op because co-op is easier and we still didn't have the easiest time like it's it's a legit the game the game will will push you to like replay levels until you get it right like until you learn the patterns and stuff Um, Final Fantasy VII Remake, uh, solid story, great voice acting, um, everything is way too beefy. Like, all the enemies are way too beefy. I played it on easy mode, and I still thought that a lot of the things were too beefy. Um, Anything where you're on a highway is stupid. Um, Those who listened to me play it on the Patreon have already heard the episode by now, so I can just mention. I had to... During the final highway sequence, I won't say what it is, but during during the final time when you go on the highway, I had to cut out, like, 15 minutes of, like, chasing down a bot. Like, you hold accelerate to slowly, slowly, slowly approach, and then every once in a while, you can, like, hit Y to, to shoot a beam and then knock a tiny sliver off of the enemy's health and then and then wait for the little shooter to charge up again. It was It's ridiculous. So there are, like, there are definitely bad parts of Final Fantasy VII Remake, but I am gonna give it to Final Fantasy VII Remake over Aegis Defenders. And um, let's see, let's see. All right, so Final Fantasy X versus Elden Ring. This is a difficult proposition because on the one hand, we have the only, one of the only JRPGs I would recommend to a person that doesn't play JRPGs. And on the other hand, we have uh, a game that actually a lot of people found very underwhelming. They were surprised by how different it was by from previous games in the series. We found a game that didn't quite like do anything in particular to necessarily be Game of the Year, but also it did everything pretty well. It's like a solid 80% effort. Well, no, I'm sorry. Effort is the wrong word. It's a solid 80% success. I'm sure that they put in 100% effort. I'm sure they put in 110% effort. I don't doubt the amount of effort that they put into Elden Ring. I'm just not sure that they always, at least for me, I don't think they always landed what they're going for. In my case, my Elden Ring experience was mostly that I've played with Brian so, after, like, um, starting with, like, Lake of Liurnia, I, st- I started playing with Brian. So I didn't really get some of the the roleplay story side of Elden Ring that some people seem to be really keen on. I listened to the Waypoint episode where they talked about Elden Ring and um, the... Waypoint Radio, spoiler cast, Elden Ring is how, what you would search or something like that. And, and they, um, Austin and Ren in particular, really, uh, they talked about Elden Ring in a way that made me want to replay Elden Ring maybe because they played it with a very role playing, uh, focused, uh, sense to it, which is really cool. The problem is that the game is uh, too difficult for me to do what they described because I'm not good enough at video games. Um, So, to me, the game was sort of like just this weird goofy funhouse challenge stuff most of the time. And again, we have Final Fantasy X, um, the coolest JRPG that I would often try to suggest even to people that don't play JRPGs. There is a streamer. Hi. Uh, You know who you are. They have like a pay a hundred thousand channel points and you pick the game type of thing, and I paid the hundred thousand channel points and I picked the game Final Fantasy X. I even sent him a copy of Final Fantasy X on Steam because they didn't have it and it was on sales, you know, not not too high, but it was like ten bucks or whatever. So I sent him a copy of Final Fantasy X and I even said, hey, this is maybe not a game that you want to get distracted while you're playing like if you're if you're looking to get into youtube or like edited video content then you could play this for that um and that was like a year ago and they kept saying you know i'll get to it but then they like changed cities and stuff so you know life gets in the way but final fantasy 10 definitely beats elden ring i'm sorry i'm sorry elden ringers sorry bringers the final fantasy 10 wins um let's see Kirby and the Forgotten Land, that's the newest Kirby on Switch, versus Sword and Fairy 7. Now, Sword and Fairy 7 um, is a uh, Chinese uh, cultivation story. Um, So it's got, like, martial artists, and by martial artists, I mean people that use swords and uh, can jump really high and stuff. Like Dragon Ball Z-type martial artists. Or, like, Yu Yu Hakusho-type martial artists might be close examples if you've ever, I mean, if you actually know what a cultivation story is like then you don't need me to explain, but if you're not familiar with the genre, think like heroic figures going through the woods with magical, like sort of low-key magical powers it's not like shooting huge fireballs a million times like a high-level D&D wizard or whatever but it's like, there's like energy and there's like Healing spells and stuff, and there's like more fighty types and more magicy types and stuff. Eventually, uh, and it, it depends on the exact story. Sometimes they're like incredibly low magic, um, but in this one, you, you meet a what's it? He's a he's a div- he's a god. He's a divine or something like that. I don't I don't remember exactly what his, his categorization is. But he like it's he loses his magic sword to the demon king, and then gets sent out of heaven and they're like hey buddy you should join up with this lady over here because she knows what she's doing and you should go get that magic sword back um, and then you like go on a quest to fight the demon king and stuff i only played a limited amount of this i i don't often finish getting video games so we're gonna hear this a lot um sword sword and pray seven i played eight and a half hours of it I liked it. I think I think if it had English audio instead of only Chinese audio with very small subtitles, then I would probably have played farther into the game. Um, but again, I got it for like six bucks on sale, and then I played it for eight and a half hours, so I feel like that was a winner. On the other hand, Kirby and the Forgotten Land. It's all the things that you'd want from a Kirby game. They have Big Kirby. Big Kirby is so satisfying. They've got a bunch of cool powers. You can upgrade the powers. And then... Like, the upgrade is locked to Kirby. So that every time Kirby gets the, the that power, he gets the upgraded version of the power. There's all sorts of stuff. It's great. The dog wants him again. What do you want? Alright. Um... So as much as I did love to talk about Sword and Fairy 7, the main thing I'll say about Sword and Fairy 7, other than the gameplay being kind of okay, like It's a Kingdom Hearts God of War type character hit monster fighty thing. Um. And so so. Sword and Fairy 7 is kind of like um I guess it's made by a company that does a bunch of animation stuff and so like they have similar animation tech that they reuse for a lot of video games and uh, shows and stuff so it's advanced tech because they've used it in a lot of places um, and it, it works out pretty well in this video game um, in particular when you walk through like shin snow it actually knocks a trail into the snow of like where your feet, like as, as your feet like lift off the ground and go back onto the ground as you dart around. When your foot is closer to the ground and it goes through the snow, it actually digs into the snow. And so there are snow trails as you're going through the snow. And they're based upon like if you're walking or dashing. That's awesome. And I, re- I wanna note that specific thing because I like that specifically, but we're still gonna give it to Kirby. Um, next up, Pikmin 3 versus Dragon Quest 11s: Echoes of an Elusive Age, Definitive Edition. I have played Acts One and Two of Dragon Quest, and I have beaten Pikmin 3. And, uh, Dan K., I'm sorry to, have to tell you this, but Pikmin 3 is not as good as Dragon Quest 11. Um, Pikmin 3. Is a good game. Don't get me wrong. It's a good game. Um, I think that there are a few control problems in Pikmin 3. Namely, I don't like I don't like the interface for sending um, sending a captain who is idle because the way it works is that you like you be a captain and then you open the map and you pick a spot that you want to auto go to or whatever. And then you be who you actually want to be while the secondary character does their secondary thing. And I, I, I've, every time I had to use that system, it was kind of frustrating feeling. Because what I wanted was to be a captain and then pause the game and pick one of the captains who I'm not and tell them where to go. Like issuing an order. But that's not how it actually works. So every time I had to split my attention, it felt uncomfortable to do this weird workflow. Um, uh, the levels were kind of fine. Um, I think I like... From what I recall of, like, Pikmin 1 and 2 and 3 all altogether, I think Pikmin 2 wins on uh, levels... Like, level design stuff. Um, the new Pikmin introduced. The Rock Pikmin and Pink Pikmin. Rock Pikmin are definitely the best Pikmin. That's that's for sure. Um, they're kind of like Purple Pikmin, but with a little bit more character to them. Um, I'm not sure that Sumo Pikmin... Uh, I don't know if it plays as well internationally. It's sort of... It's, just, it's not a huge archetype, you know, outside of Japan, so maybe maybe purple Pikmin um, Maybe they're really popular in Japan But Dragon Quest, it's a super long game. It's super Chill the whole time. You just go around and do your stuff, and you're not getting stressed out In fact, you're hanging out with your buds and relaxing and enjoying yourself the whole time So I have to pick Dragon Quest Eleven over Pikmin 3 with apologies to Danke. Um, next up, Sucker for Love, which is a, a short dating sim game where you date uh, Cthulhu Lovecraft-ish inspired uh, characters. There is a. Oh, this is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on with this music. Um, there's a there's a Cthulhu lady, and then there's a um, it's like a princess. She's like the princess in yellow, or something, instead of the prince in yellow. I don't, I don't, I haven't read the right love story to know what's up with that. And then the last one is um, a cat lady. Neon, um, neon Nyan- lathotap. That's the name. Neon lathotap, um, and. Think Neon Larthotep? I don't know. The point is, curvy cat lady, seven feet tall, so tall she has to stoop to stay inside. She's like she's like hunched over when she's inside your apartment. Um, and it's good. If you haven't played it, uh, it's really good. Ah, uh, maybe maybe buy it uh, if you. If that's like economically... Again, I, I don't want to tell people to buy games if they uh, they don't have a bunch of money for games. Then maybe don't get this one. Just watch some YouTube plays or something. I mean, I guess you could listen to the episodes I did about it. Um, versus... and So this is the Pokemon SoulSilver from last time. Versus Sucker for Love. I think I'm going to give it to SoulSilver. Um, for replayability. I've played SoulSilver a whole lot. And... I... Like, I couldn't play Sucker for Love. Maybe... Like, maybe I could play it one more time. But then, like, I'd be done with the game. Uh, whereas Pokemon Silver, Particularly if there's... If we're using randomizers. I could play it 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 more times. Who's to say? Um... Let's see. Next, we have Final Fantasy Tactics War of the Lions. This is the PSP version of Final Fantasy Tactics. Which is a... Good game. Um... I fell off from this because I had been playing it a little bit with uh, a friend, Victoria. And then we instead decided to play Chrono Trigger together, um, which is, you know, she's like not a super video gamey person, so I think Chrono Trigger is a, um, the easier one to follow along with. <laughs> Versus Rune Factory 5. Rune Factory 5, uh, farming jrpg like a harvest moon like a stardew valley if you like if you like a game like that with like maybe a little more focus on combat dungeon stuff in addition to just farming stuff then you then you then you want rune factory and rune factory 5 Hmm. i would so rune factory 5 is like all 3d and stuff and Rune Factory 4 was on the 3DS, like top-down 2D. And I, I'm, I like a comfortable top-down 2D game. Um, but yeah, I could, I could say, um, I could, I think I could endorse Rune Factory 5 over Rune Factory 4 if you're just going to play one of them. Um, of course, the main problem with all these farming games is that they're way too long, and I don't want to play a farming game for that long, so I never finish any of them. But yeah, Rune Factory 5. Uh, beats Final Fantasy Tactics. Sorry, Tactics. I mean, you know, cool stuff. But like, no. Uh, I guess. I guess. I guess the theme so far of the tournament is that like I'm looking for a little more of a chill vibe from video games, not to be stressed out by them. And in Factory Five, uh, you can just sort of you're just going around your your watering your plants, collecting your resources, smithing stuff. You know. It's low stakes. If you don't do something today, you'll just do it tomorrow. Final Fantasy Tactics, uh, it's a tense game. uh Let's see. Pokemon Crystal Clear. I played, like, two sessions ever. it is, a mod of Pokemon Crystal where you can go around to the cities in any order you choose, given you have, like, the there are level ranges, I believe, on stuff. And so, like, sometimes Pokemon in an area can just be too dangerous for you. But you can select any starting city. You can go to the gyms in whatever order you want to the best of your ability. The num- the strength of a gym battle seems to be influenced by the number of gym badges you already have. So that, um... Like, you you really can just do the gyms in, in the order you want. And it won't, like, it won't make some of them accidentally a joke or something. Um, and yeah crystal clear I, I really liked it if i'd had time to play more pokemon more often i probably would have played a lot of it but in the end i played it for like two sessions and never got like it sports story came out on switch and it's the sequel to golf story and it is as good in the writing and most of the gameplay the tennis part of it like i only played it for like three hours the tennis part of it um, was really hard to do and they said that they're going to like do some patches and stuff in the new year once, once the holidays are done because they, they have to submit them through Nintendo and, and have people at Nintendo resolve it. Um, so we'll see if after the patches I'm able to do the tennis like as it is I, I cannot complete the tennis challenges and so I cannot progress through the game. Um, maybe maybe it'll get fixed up but until then I actually have to give it to Pokemon Crystal Clear a game that I could theoretically finish. Uh, Final Fantasy X-2 versus Radical Dreamers. Um, I don't have too much to say on either of these. My brother really loves Final Fantasy X-2. I've only played a little bit way into Chapter 2, I think it's called. Um, Radical Dreamers. Didn't really enjoy at all. Um, I think I did this with Ryan. I think the two of us voiced lines from Radical Dreamers. Or maybe I did Radical Dreamers on my own. But like I I did like one play of Radical Dreamers and like I got to a bad end, I think. And I didn't find it particularly engaging. Um like the, the the translation was not particularly good. The it was it was okay. Uh the the what passed for game mechanics did not seem particularly great. It was just kind of a middle of the road. Choose your own adventure. Like there are better choose choose your own adventures. There are better choose your own adventure books than Radical Dreamers. Um, so I'm gonna give it a Final Fantasy X two, even though my brother loves Final Fantasy X two more. Uh, Baldur's Gate one Siege of Dragon Spear versus Kirby's Dreamland two. I love a Kirby's game, but I love a Baldur's Gate game more. Siege of Dragon is just about everything. That you'd want from a midquel between Baldur's Gate 1 and Baldur's Gate 2. Like, like given, given the constraints that the that Siege of Dragonspear has to end in a position to allow the character to theoretically progress into Baldur's Gate 2 in like some sort of story cohesive way, the game can only do so much. But the encounters, the um, scenarios, what you're doing is all incredibly cool and incredible props to the people at Beamdog that made Siege of Dragonspear because they made a very, very good product. And they're compared like, it is difficult to have an incredibly, like, well-loved series and then step up and make something that can match that. And they did it. So so hats off to Siege of Spear. Um, next up, we have Xenoblade Chronicles 3 versus Pokémon Platinum randomized. Um, uh, I'm I'm gonna tell you, I don't I don't remember playing Pokémon Platinum randomized at all. But Xenoblade Chronicles 3, um, I love it. I love it so much. The the ending of chapter five and the start of chapter six, like YouTube figured out that. I want to watch reaction videos about people's experience getting to the end of chapter 5 and then watching the start of chapter 6. Um, like, it, it, it's, it's algorithm isn't that smart, but it still understands that, like, th- those were the keywords on the videos that I was watching for a while. And now, you know, I'm not going to say what happens. What I will say that I thought that I was about to a save point. I thought I was about to, like, escape a battle and go to a save point. And then, like, fucking 90 minutes later, like, I looked at the clock. And then it was, like, 90 minutes later, and I was able to actually save and turn off the switch. And everything in between was an emotional roller coaster. And it was very good. Uh, the actual final ending? Will fucking make you cry like a JRPG should. Um, the 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 game, like the the villains of Xenoblade Chronicles three are not exciting; they're not engaging. They're almost not even characters. Um, the same way, like Xenoblade Chronicles two has good villains. The story of Xenoblade Chronicles two is enhanced by having good villains, and Xenoblade Chronicles three kind of lacks that, but the way that they make up for it. Is by having the main party and the people that the main party meets be uh, incredibly engaging, and it it'll 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 shatter your little soul when the game ends. Um, so with that, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Xenoblade Chronicles 3 over Pokemon Platinum randomized. Uh, Persona 5 Royal versus Euro Truck Simulator 2. Uh, Brian, uh, love you, but I'm gonna pick the actual cool game, Persona 5 Royal, over like, slow time pass game that's so, that's like so slow you can literally put on a TV show while you're watching it because like, you don't have to go on. Uh, I see Mighty here has jumped in the chat, says Xenoblade Chronicles 3, Game of the Decade. I don't know that I'd go that far, um, because Xenoblade Chronicles 2 exists. Uh... Oh, I made instant mashed Potatoes in honor of this Game of the Year stream, excellent. Hey, anybody listening to this now or in the future, get yourself some instant mashed Potatoes and you will love it. Um, Mighty, I'm going out of this bracket and as you can see, I've talked about, we're almost to the part where I've talked about every game so far and then we're gonna be speeding up. When did 2 come out, was it this decade? So yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 came out this decade. I think it came out like 2016, 2017 or something. Like, it was, it was... Xenoblade Chronicles 2 was a Switch-exclusive game, so it had to have come out after the Switch came out. Um, we're almost to the part where we're done with the game impressions, and then we will just be picking one game over the other and, and wrapping up relatively soon. Loka, that's a different decade. Oh! Frick! Frick! Okay! Xenoblade Chronicles 2 came out in 2017, which is a different decade from 2020 to 2029. Okay. Okay, I understand. So it's not best game in the past 10 years. It's game of the decade. Um, Games since 2020, if we call that the, the start point, the zero point... Um, is Xenoblade Chronicles 3 the best game since 2020 started? Maybe? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I'd go with that. I'd go with that. Xenoblade Chronicles 2, Torna, came out in 2018. So, since 2020 started, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, probably game of the decade. But hold on, because we have one more fight here on our initial game impressions we have final fantasy 7 and here i mean the playstation version i was playing the the switch port of the playstation version but i the original final fantasy 7 which i don't really like i think it's it's a story that is trapped inside of a bunch of nonsense it's a great story trapped inside of a bunch of nonsense you know so some people are just really excited about final fantasy 7 and i'm just i don't i find it to be so difficult it had tifa no but mighty we're talking about the playstation version not the not the remake i like the remake the remake is playable the original final fantasy 7 i don't find particularly playable i find it very hard to get my brain to to put up with all the nonsense going on like if there weren't all those cheats and stuff in the in the new release of it that's like on pc and switch and stuff i wouldn't be able to play final fantasy 7 it's just too tough for my brain that likes things to like like yeah i famously don't like the original game that's right because everyone loves it so much every and you know maybe maybe that's the problem because i i i played um for a little bit, and then I and then I played five and six. I liked five and six. I didn't like two that much, um, but I played. So I played the Super Nintendo Final Fantasies, and then I didn't have a PlayStation myself. And everyone always told me about how Final Fantasy 7 was like the greatest game since Jesus, um, and I was always hearing about how amazing it was. And then I played it, and I was like. What the fuck is this? What what the hell is this shit? And I just if it hadn't been oversold to me, then maybe then maybe I would have I would have appreciated it at an appropriate way, but the expectations for this game were set so high. And like one winged the version of one winged of one winged angel that you hear in the game is like a MIDI that doesn't even sound that good i like the orchestral versions that they do with the with the choir and like those those enhanced versions that they have like on on CDs that and, like when they do release the game soundtrack or whatever that's that version of one way you can niggles is great but the version that exists in the game does garbage not garbage it's just it's just not that good it's not as it's overhyped is what the game was on the other hand, we have Tunic, which is Link's Awakening, but you play as a little tiny fox, and you get pages of the game manual written in a fake script that are littered throughout the island, so that you learn about the island as you play on the island. Genius! Um, I I only I played one sit down of Tunic, and I'm still gonna vote for Tunic over Final Fantasy VII. There we go. It's set. So we voted for all of our round one and round two competitors. Um, it looks like. Oh, I'm sorry. At the very the the match number 17 is at the top of the round two column. We have Chrono Trigger versus BattleTech. Um, Chrono Trigger has never left me with the. I've, I've probably been Dragoon affected by Chrono Trigger um but i don't think that i've ever like stepped away from playing chrono trigger and said to myself i should just stop this right now because there's too much grinding that in fact i think one of the best parts about chrono trigger is that there's not too much grinding in it so we're gonna give that victory over to chrono trigger so that was round 17 uh where's round eighteen? Oh, round eighteen was supposed to be Sucker for Love versus Soul Silver. Alright, so now let's see, what's our next lowest? Uh Tokyo Xanadu EX Plus versus Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, match nineteen. Um z- I, a game that I didn't entirely like the story of, but like totally did finish versus I mean Tokyo Xanadu. I called it knockoff for Persona Five Royal. Story in your video game. Mighty, you'd never listen to a story. Don't let those talking heads confuse you. Mighty, we gotta watch more Babylon 5 sometime. You, If you think Babylon 5 is like Mass Effect now, just wait. Just wait, buddy. Um, Final Fantasy VII Remake versus Final Fantasy X. This is closer than I would like to admit because Final Fantasy VII Remake does have some incredibly good parts to it. Some parts of it that, you know, there are advances in skill as people, like, as people make more stuff, they get advanced in skill. There are parts of Final Fantasy VII that really, really work. Versus, you know, some parts of Final Fantasy X, they're just okay. Um, they, they were new to animation. They were new to, like, voice timing. So it didn't always work as well, um, but it's like a, a lot of the, the Aerith Cloud or the Tifa Cloud stuff, I think it really works. Final Fantasy VII remake, but I'm a sucker for um, I'm a I'm a I'm a sucker for like um, all of the Final Fantasy Ten. Final Fantasy Ten just wins. For nostalgia purposes as i guess all of all of the characters in ten um i think it's that there's a bigger cast of characters that i really like in seven they do, they do focus down on like four people and then like some of the other I, I i could go without seeing don corneo for the rest of my life you know i just i don't ever need to see don corneo ever again um Let's see. Uh, Kirby in the Forgotten Land, which is a high-quality Kirby game, versus Dragon Quest XI. Uh, now, I will say, not every Dragon Quest is as good as Dragon Quest XI. I played Dragon Quests uh, one and seven and eight, as well as eleven, and I didn't like one and seven and eight nearly as much as I liked eleven. Eleven really knocked it out of the park in a way that is exceptional. On the other hand, Kirby in the Forgotten Land is a pretty good Kirby, but it didn't, like it's, it's a good Kirby, but it's not a Kirby that is so much more exceptional than the rest of what Kirby is like, you know? Um, also I've definitely, I, have played Dragon Quest XI and continue to play Dragon Quest XI, whereas Kirby in the Forgotten Land, I didn't finish it, my brother did. So we're going to go give this one to Dragon Quest. Uh, Silver Randomized versus Rune Factory 5. Ah, uh, they're both they're both so long as a jrpg that maybe i wouldn't want to finish them i'd want to like start them um like i i think i'd want to play a randomized soul silver for a while and then and then get bored and like restart uh root factory 5 again played it 10 12 hours or whatever i don't know that i would Want to do all that a second time? We're gonna give this one to Pokemon, um, because Pokemon I would, Pokemon I would I would restart in a new randomization. Rune Factory Five can't randomize. So I don't know that I would restart and keep playing that. Uh, Pokemon Crystal Clear versus Final Fantasy X two. Mm, I think we're gonna give it to Crystal Clear uh, every time. Like every time I I, I consider playing Final Fantasy X-2, everybody's like, oh yeah, it's so great, so, so great, it's the best, it's the best. And I play it a little bit myself, and I was just like, I just, I don't see it, I don't understand. I don't understand. Um, Siege of Dragonspear versus Xenoblade Chronicles 3. This is the first really hard one. Um, Siege of Dragonspear has very good like, like, Dungeons and Dragons lives and dies on the encounter design. And like, to an extent, like the, the the treasures you find, like not the normal treasures that are like AC plus whatever and, and sword plus whatever, but like if there's like a really neat item uh, in Siege of Dragon Spear, you get some glasses that allow you to see um, figments of extra planar stuff. And then we uh, thank you, mighty, for the non copyrighted music. Uh, that you get some glasses that allow you to see extra planar stuff uh, as you're going through the adventure. And the glasses have three charges, and you can spend a charge to drag the extra planar thing from, like, its cross planar location into the material plane. Um, but it only has three charges, and there's more than three things that you can potentially find. So, like, you can't get all of them in one play, and it has these little, like, little tiny encapsulated, like, meet-a-weird-guy scenarios... That it's just feeding you, like like you you drag someone in and they're from Sigil and they talk like a Planescape Torment character and then they like give you a treasure and walk off or whatever. And I, I like that. That's interesting um, to have things like that. There was a lot of treasures for bards, but I didn't have a bard in my party, so I couldn't use most of it. Um, but the encounters were great. There was a there was a scenario where there was like two Drow that were running away from Drow society. Um, and like, they were like, Romeo and Juliet type, like, cross, star-crossed lovers type scenario, and then you, like, eventually you can send them back to Drow Society, or not, and then, like, how you resolve that affects the, the siege at the, like, a lot of what, well, not a lot, maybe several things that you do affect whether there's gonna be more or less um, allies and more or less enemies during the actual siege at the end of the game. Um, which I didn't even like. I didn't even understand that that was happening. It was cool that all the just one-off stuff that I'd been doing ended up paying off in that way. When I did get to the end of the game, um, I liked all that. I liked all that. On the other hand, Xenoblade Chronicles Three will make you cry many times, um, and Siege of Dragon Spear is powerful but not that powerful. So we have to go with Xenoblade Chronicles Three. Uh, Persona 5 royal versus tunic uh, Persona 5 Royal I not only when I you may recall friends that at one point I lost my switch, um, I lost my switch and then I repurchased um, Persona 5 Royal on Steam and have since put 22.1 hours into the game like as an entirely new save file. I really love Persona Five Royal. I play it on um, what's called safe mode, and in safe mode, the battles are like so simple. Like you can just basically walk through them. There's like a, like you can push the start button, and your characters will just like go wild and smash the enemy to bits. Um, it's so it's so pleasing to just get through a JRPG like that. And then the actual like going around is like you're like a Batman type dude going through like a castle like evading enemies and stuff it's so good um a tunic i love you tunic but if i lost my tunic save file i'm not sure that i would like repurchase tunic and then play it for another 22 hours on top you know or like like you know it's true it's true you're not batman you're the joker um but we're gonna give this one to persona five royal which i think ends round three uh nope uh chrono trigger versus metal gear solid five look metal gear solid five is pretty good but it's uh definitely got a bunch of flaws it's got a bunch more flaws than chrono trigger i'm i don't even i'm sure chrono trigger has flaws but i can't tell you what they are off the top of my head they're like there are like certain boss fights that are a little too hard if you don't know the trick that's probably my biggest complaint about chrono trigger that like you have you have to know the trick to a few too many bosses that's the worst i can say about it it's it's almost a perfect video game um so that and then metal gear solid 5 like so many problems with that um but you know sure i i did i did like it and it does definitely deserve to get into round three but it can't get into round four round four begins we have chrono trigger versus xenoblade chronicles Edition. uh with everything that i just said about how chrono trigger has no flaws and what i said previously with how xenoblade chronicles has the flaw of the story being a uh your girlfriend got fridged story for like the first half of the game um then, you know, the this, this story changes from there. Spoilers. Um, but, but you can raise a puppy to kill people and a bikini sniper. It's true. You do get a bikini sniper in Middle Gear Solid 5. Um, oh gosh, I promised my brother this would take not that long. And here we are at an hour. I'm going to. But we're, we're close to the end. We're close to the end. Uh, Final Fantasy X versus Dragon Quest XI S. Echoes of an elusive age. Oh. Oh, this is Final Fantasy X versus Dragon Quest XI is a difficult, is a difficult, um, thing. I said earlier that Final Fantasy X might be the only JRPG that I would suggest to a non-JRPG player, but Dragon Quest XI actually is more suggestible than Final Fantasy X. Dragon Quest XI, um, is, is easier to play and be successful at. Than Final Fantasy X is. Um, Dragon Quest XI has at least two moments. Off the top of my head, I can name at least two points in the game that will make you tear up, that will make you say, yes, you accomplished writing. Writing with a capital W. You accomplished, you know, making something that has a strong emotional impact on the witness to this art. Final Fantasy X has more than two points to do that, you know? And particularly... Like, the last 10-15 minutes of Final Fantasy X are much more powerful than the last 10-15 minutes that I saw of Dragon Quest XI. Um, so, it's, it's not by as much of a margin... As might normally occur when you put 10 versus another video game. But 10 does win this matchup. Uh, Mighty says, Dragon Quest XI appeals to me a lot more as a non-JRPG fan. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I I think Dragon Quest XI as a game can appeal to a wider audience. As a story, Final Fantasy X takes it though, definitely. Uh, Next up we got Pokemon Soul Silver Randomization versus Pokemon Crystal Clear... Ah, whatever. They're both. i uh, Soul Silver because it's slightly funner. I don't know. They're both. They're both Gen Two. Um, Crystal Clear. Being able to do dungeons in the order you want and stuff. That seems like it'd be really nice. Uh, not having played too far in the game myself. You know. It's it's theoretically nice, but I didn't experience it myself, so I don't. I can't hold that too high. So we'll pick Pokemon Soul Silver. Um, here we have Xenoblade Chronicles 3 versus Persona 5 Royal. Persona 5 Royal is a heavy game. Um, it deals with a lot of people that are actual abusers. Um, the the first main boss of Persona 5 Royal is a teacher who has been um, physically abusing. He's like a he's like a sports coach at a high school. He's been physically abusing all of his uh, sports athletes for quite some time. Um, it's like they're they're bad people, and you go into their heart and like make them recover their conscience or whatever. It's it's not that light. On the other hand, Xenoblade Chronicles Three is an eternal hell war world where, like, you're born at age 10, trained for a little bit, sent off into an unlimited conflict, and if you make it to age 20 without dying, your reward is that you get to die anyway, but you escape the reincarnation cycle. Otherwise, you get reincarnated back into the hell world. Um, And... You know, at first you describe Persona 5 Royal, and you're like, "Oh, what's what's worse than a game full of fighting child abusers?" And then you're like, "Well, what if we abuse everyone in the whole universe?" Uh, and for that reason, I'm gonna I'm gonna let Xenoblade Chronicles Three. Also, you know, like I finished Xenoblade Chronicles. I finished it right away. Uh, versus Persona 5 Royal, it only takes so much of it at a time. Not only like because the story is heavy or whatever, but because like it is. You know, random encounters and long dungeons and stuff like that. Now, dealer crockles. Good, good, good. Are we back? We had a little internet hiccup. Boy. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Sorry, friends. There was a there a bit of an internet hiccup, um, but we're back. Um, although I think it probably like bumped Mighty out of the chat or whatever. So we won't have Mighty decide. But yeah. So Chrono Trigger. It doesn't have voice acting, and I feel that voice acting is an incredible an incredibly important part of delivering a story. Um a good actor can make like like it it all comes together. Actor, director, script, it all it all has to work and play off of each other. So without any voice acting, Cronin Sugar is not as hard. Yeah, yeah, hey Mighty, you're back. I guess there's like a time limit on how long data isn't being sent to YouTube before it decides to make it a separate file versus continuing on to the previous file. And so my internet must have died for a little bit too long. Uh, Mighty, we're still on Chrono Trigger versus Final Fantasy X. I was saying that Chrono Trigger doesn't have voice acting, which unfortunately limits the upper end of its storytelling delivery. On the other hand, As much as Chrono Trigger has the occasional boss that's like a little bit of a puzzle boss, Final Fantasy X has some heckin' stupid bosses. Like, completely stupid. Like, you shouldn't have to put up with this nonsense. Um, And so I think Chrono Trigger should win, but... I'm gonna let you decide if you want to decide. While I eat this graham cracker. Yeah! And that's, yeah, I do always talk about them like they're my favorite JRPGs. And that's really what, that's what makes it difficult to to pick between Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy X. I I think it, I think Chrono Trigger is probably the stronger game. I think it's a stronger game except that it doesn't have voice acting. Which means to certain people, it's a harder sell to play a game that won't talk to you. But I'm going to pick Chrono Trigger. Final Fantasy X was very strange. That's that's accurate. That's for sure. All right, Pokemon Soul Silver versus Xenoblade Chronicles Three. As much as I love Pokemon Soul Silver, at no point will it make me feel much of anything other than like arcade joy. Like it, it won't make me feel dread or horror or sadness or elation even. It's kind of a standard amount of like arcade, normie video game, well, it's not normal video game stuff. Um, so to the extent that like art is about provoking emotional response in, in the witness of the art, the viewer, the listener, whatever, then I definitely would say Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is more art than Pokemon SoulSilver is. We can have Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Uh, even even the battles in Xenoblade Chronicles 3 are more enjoyable to just do random battles versus Pokemon SoulSilver. I'm sorry, sorry Pokemon. Oh boy. Which uh, brings us to our, our bronze match. Okay, so this is, whichever wins the bronze match is gonna take third place is I believe how this works. Uh, Final Fantasy X versus Pokémon Silver. Uh, we're gonna give it to Final Fantasy X. Definitely submit that. And then Chrono Trigger versus Xenoblade Chronicles Three. They're both excellent. They're both they're both games that you could. Give to a person that has not played a JRPG before. And, like, and they they would be able to be successful. Because, like, mechanically, these games are simple and obvious enough. I think. I think. So, yeah, Chrono Triggered as well. I think I'm going to give it to Xenoblade Chronicles 3. um, We're actually coming out in 2022. I know that's a dumb reason to allow it to win Game of the Year 2022, but, you know, look at me being a softie. Oh my gosh, the website's not, the website's acting up. Oh my gosh. Refresh the page. It won't let me report the scores! We can't have a winner because it won't show the scores. It's just ridiculous. Oh, did it mess up because I did the bronze match? Oh yeah, here we go, here we go. Okay. So we're going to submit Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Uh, once you've reviewed the results and made final edits, you can end the tournament. Yeah. Okay. Let's end the tournament. Which means that our final results for Game of the Year 2022 are Xenoblade Chronicles 3 5-0, Chrono Trigger 4-1, Final Fantasy 10 4-1. That's our uh, that's our top game. In fourth place, Pokémon Soul Silver, followed by Pokémon Crystal Clear, Dragon Quest 11, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, Persona 5 Royal. I'm surprised I didn't have Xenoblade Chronicles 2 on this list. But I guess I didn't play it much. I think I played Xenoblade Chronicles for a while, thinking that I would play one, two, one, and then two, and then and then get to three. And I I, I couldn't finish Xenoblade Chronicles, so I never started Xenoblade Chronicles two. Um, I'm I'm a, I'm shocked that Dragon Quest eleven didn't do better. But it was high. It was on the on the part of the thingy where it hit Final Fantasy ten and just got knocked out, and that's rough, buddy. Did I play Mass Effect this year or last year? I played Mass Effect. Um, The the Mass Effect episodes came out this year. Um, But the recording of playing Mass Effect happened in August of the previous year. And then it just took so long for them to actually get released that some of them got released into this year. But the actual playing happened in 2021. Uh, Brian, I'm sorry, Elden Ring got knocked out. Uh, I think really early. Elden Ring lost to Final Fantasy X, and that's it's you know when it when it goes up against third place in the first round, it's not going to do so well. Um, I know it says I've only been in the stream eight minutes, Brian, but actually there was like an entire hour before this, so I'm going to wrap this up here. Um, and then anybody that wants to can watch the VOD of this on YouTube, and in a minute I'm going to, uh, get the audio back from YouTube, because it looks like I didn't make a local recording of all this. I'm going to grab the audio back from YouTube, and, uh, then put it out as a podcast episode for audio-only listeners, did you seed your rankings to prevent your best games from meeting each other too early? Okay, so the way it works is that, um... Oh, I shouldn't... I shouldn't put the general... Let's see. Yeah, so I had this games played in... Uh, 2022 list. It's these, thir- these 34 entries. Um, and I had been maintaining it all of 2022. And then, uh i put it into the thingy and then i like hit shuffle a few times so uh it should be sufficiently random uh these aren't these are the the list was approximately ordered by when i played it like as i played new games i would add them to the top of the list if i thought about it um but then when i actually put them into the challenge bracket i shuffled it as well so we should have sufficient, uh, randomness to eliminate any accidental, uh, I mean, S- so silver, what it started in round one as one of the, like it had to do one extra match than normal. Uh, but then it got, it got all the way up into fourth place. Cause it's opening match was against Chrono Cross of all things. You didn't have Elden Ring versus Euro Truck Sim in the final. Euro Truck Simulator 2 unfortunately faced off against Persona 5 Royal and so couldn't get even one win because Persona 5 Royal is a pretty cool game. Um, there There are boring parts to Persona 5 Royal in the same way that there are boring parts to Euro Truck Simulator 2, but Persona 5 Royal has exciting elements to it whereas Euro Truck Simulator 2 does not really have exciting elements to it. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, Uh, it is 5.51. I promised my brother that we would be out of here by six. So I have to hit stop streaming and then do all that really fast.